What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, I'm sure you could tell something by the title of this podcast and by listening to my voice right now. Um, <clears throat> I currently have COVID. Um, and this is, I, it, well, thankfully, I haven't been, I haven't been that sick. In fact, um, well, it, you know, let me backtrack a little. I'm not sure where I got it. Um, I can't really identify where I could have got it. I think that it is how nefarious COVID is. You just, it, someone doesn't have to be obviously sick for, uh, someone to be able to contract it. So, um, anyway, uh, Friday night I started clearing my throat a lot and, uh, Saturday, I was clearing my throat even more, took a test, and there was a very faint line on the antigen thing that appeared, and I'm like, okay, I've got it. You know, I've been isolating, wearing an N95 mask and all this stuff uh, inside my house um, since then. And uh, anyway, no one wants to hear about Jeff and his uh, COVID travails, but I will tell you that I did have the bivalent Omicron booster, and I think it has really helped because I really haven't felt that sick. Um, the most I've had is uh, uh, minor congestion and some throat soreness, but not not like not like what you would get with strep. More like um, uh, I would describe it as there's this there's this uh, thing that you can get called GERD, uh, which is this. Uh, um, acid reflux thing up in your throat. And that's basically what it is. Like my throat's hurt basically for me clearing my throat all the time. And of course I've got some congestion in my, my head, but that's it. Um, I can function. Uh, I can, I can, I am not, um, you know, laid up or anything like that. I haven't been no exhaustion at all. I haven't, I haven't had that in the slightest. And that's one of the worst things about COVID. So, uh, by all, by and large, I have felt very fortunate and I've, I'll be next week. I'll be back out and about and up on my feet. So, um, but, uh, it's caused me to think and think about, uh, basketball and, you know, obviously this podcast, I don't think, you know, all things considered is not going to be that long. So unless you really like listening to my, uh, uh, voice right now, which is, I, I am sure very sultry. Um, and I should be doing some sort of, uh, uh, um, you know, singing. Can't get love of your love, me. Oh, yeah, Barry White. Anyway, um, the Nuggets won last night. They beat the uh, San Antonio Spurs for the second time in two days. And, or excuse me, three days. And one thing that did occur to me is... Uh, this team is slowly coming together. Um, I think they are rounding into some sort of what you would see as a mid regular season shape. Um, and, uh, at a seven and three record, I feel I can safely analyze them now. Everyone who's listened to some past podcasts of mine know that I refuse to actually analyze the nuggets until they get 10 games into the year. Um, this, there's just no point before that it's too early in the season and a bunch of crap happens that doesn't normally happen later as the year goes by. Um, you know, even the predictable scheduled losses and stuff like that aren't the same. There is a, in the early season, just so many, so much random crap happens. And I think you can't really 
read too much into it. A couple of trends I want to talk about, though. Um, the by far the most consistent Nuggets player has been Michael Porter Jr. By far, <clears throat> I don't think it. <laughs> excuse me, uh, I don't think you can um, look at this Nuggets season and not compliment Michael Porter Jr. It's just generally on being the most consistent Nuggets player, even even over and above Jokic. Uh, Jokic has had some dips this year and some uh, I don't know pseudo disinterest uh, so far this year, and he's been kind of grumpy, at least from my perspective, but. Uh, I'm not there every day covering the team, so others who are around that could probably tell you better than I. But uh, the Nuggets are uh, really benefiting from Porter being the most consistent player and the guy who can they can bring over to the bench and really provide that stabilize, stabilization that they weren't getting before. Um, Porter has been able to... Uh, He's been able to get a uh, uh, bring that to it, and what that has done is open up other things. Um, and with the game last night, Malone ended up closing with Bruce Brown and Kentavious Caldwell Pope, and <coughs> excuse me, and that was uh, a decision that I I was kind of like, what are you doing? But at the, on second thought, you know, Porter seemed to be just fine with it. So if Porter was fine with it, I I'm okay with it. Um, I think that I think that the Nuggets uh, are afforded that luxury in games like that. But normally you wouldn't want your at the time the leading scorer to be sitting in crunch time. Um, I know Malone values defense, but sometimes you just need to keep scoring. So that's going to be something to watch. I think it worked last night, but it's not always going to work. And I think that that. You could feel Malone wanting to do this, close with a defensive lineup, um, and sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't, and it worked last night. Um, Another trend that I want to talk about is uh, Jokic and Murray kind of coming together a little bit. Um, I've always been, and some of you maybe know this, I'm a little ambivalent about about the... um, two-man game that they have because it does bog everything else down. Um, The Nuggets offense, when it's running perfectly, is kind of this free-flowing thing that everyone doesn't necessarily get to, quote, eat. Uh, But people get to be able to fully participate in the offense and not stand around and watch these two go back and forth with whatever. Um, Adam Marez loves the two-man game that uh, Jokic and Murray have. Uh, I am okay with it as long as it... I mean, I remember back to the bubble when Michael Porter Jr. say something like, you need to... (laughs) It needs to get to other people. And I think if you're going to um, go into a playoff scenario uh, when it's not in the bubble, when you're going to go into a playoff scenario, you're really going to need... Uh, the ability to have more than one option out there and just having Murray and Jokic just do a constant pick and roll and give and goes uh, is not going to be something that is sustainable. And when they got to play the Lakers in the bubble, it it proved not to be sustainable. Uh, So that is going to be something to watch. But however, Murray's kind of getting into that groove with Jokic. And Jokic, uh, uh, you know, you could see them 
falling back into place with something that they, they'd really been missing for a while. Uh, and a lot of that was allowed with not having Mike out there. Uh, but, you know, MPJ really provides the spacing, and he is a threat, so you have to cover him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if, if Mike's out there, your, your spacing is just naturally increased because you can't come off of him. The Spurs, for whatever reason, they kept coming off of Mike last night, giving him these open threes. And you know, Mike was gassed. I'm not. I'm not going to relitigate that because I think it, it was a fine decision. I'm not. I'm not upset with that or anything like that. I just don't think you can go into a playoff series with having just uh, the the uh, two man game going. It's just I don't think it's sustainable. You need you need more offense than that. Um, and so I'm going to be curious to see how the Nuggets uh, handle that. Um, going forward, but it is nice to see Jamal Murray. Um, I'm gonna have to drink something. Hold on, just a sec. I can lubricate that voice. <clears throat> um, it's gonna be nice to see. It's been nice to see Jamal Murray get into what a what what really amounts to a uh, more of a typical Murray uh, midseason form. Um, he really helped the Nuggets out when they were went into a funk. Um, Malone once again played the bench unit far too long. Um, he probably played Mike on the, with the bench far too long, which was led to him not being able to come back in. Um, you don't want Michael Porter Jr. playing thirty minutes and not playing the last eight minutes of the game. That's there's something wrong there. But. Um, once Malone figures that out, that'll that'll be fine. But Murray coming in and kind of stabilizing that situation was good, and that's kind of what you need him there for. You don't necessarily need Bubble Murray. You need him just to be the stabilizer. You need him to be the crisis averter. And uh, I think I think Murray at his best is that guy. He's a guy that really could come in and and, and make the ship steady. So, um, and uh, oh, what a. <coughs> Let's see another trend. Uh, Michael Malone um, has been adapting a little more this year. Um, Malone, um, as you guys know, doesn't usually get uh, compliments from me, but I think this year he, after the first couple games, he's really, really leaned into staggering and found that uh, Michael, well, Mike. Uh, works really well with the bench, and I think that has helped him in other areas. Sometimes you need that sort of decision to open up other ones, and I think Malone has shown himself to be adaptable as far as that goes. And I think if, if we're if we're going to compliment him, uh, we need to be honest and say that his uh, his adaptability on that front has been key. It's been very key, and I think I think all compliments to Malone, uh, his ability to understand where he wasn't going and where he his lack of his lack of strong suit which was his uh adaptability to be honest with you so he was adapting to be adaptable like i guess if that makes sense i don't know yeah i got COVID, so but i think i think i think we've reached the point where we can say okay that's good that's growth he's growing in a sense that i don't have to get on him about that sort of thing and I think that that part is is good. He deserves compliments for that. Malone, uh, I think, has uh, gener- generally been uh, a better coach this year um, than uh, 
he has in the past. Um, that that element has been a lot better, and I think we will we will see this year as we progress uh, how that plays out. It's easier to do it in the first ten games, but now that we're ten games in, we'll see how that that changes because teams adapt and th- teams scout. And once they figure you out, it gets harder and harder for you to stick with that same thing. And if there's anything Malone does, this is he likes consistency. Um, so if you are going to be able to, um, uh, if you're going to be able to look through the rest of this year, um, what I'm looking for with Malone is that ability to keep adapting, is to understand that you can't ride something out until it's clear that it's dead. You need to think ahead of time. And if Malone can get to the point where he is dictating rather than reacting, um, then this Nuggets team will be a lot better. Uh, they will be much better for it too. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that uh, we're stuck with this. Um, with uh, uh, by that I mean we're not that we're, that we're stuck with um, a a inability to adapt. I don't think that's that's the case here. I think Malone has shown the first glimpses of it and I'm going to be open to him being a different coach this year and I think if we look at the the landscape of the West we will probably be able to see a Michael Malone who is uh, open to uh, change and opinion and that will make him all the better it really will all right. Well, this is a short episode today. Uh, thank you all for listening to my uh, my sick voice. And uh, I don't know when I'll be back with another episode, but it'll be hopefully soon. So anyway, thank you all for joining me. I'll be talking to you later. Bye.